Welcome to OECD Podcast, where policy meets people. Settling in a new country can be a scary and confusing process, particularly during the time of the COVID-19 pandemic. From language barriers to cultural differences, where can refugees, newcomers, and asylum seekers go to understand how their new home operates and get answers in a language they can understand? I'm Robin Davis, and you're listening to OECD Podcasts. Handbook Germany stepped in to help close the communications gap in migrant integration and meet the needs of newcomers in Germany. I'm joined here today with Maris Amiri, a Handbook Germany editor. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Maris. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. So tell me a bit about Handbook Germany. What is it? Handbook Germany is a multilingual information platform for newcomers in Germany. Basically a handbook of newcomers who want to jumpstart their lives in Germany and need information about different aspects of their lives in Germany. Could be refugees, could be students, skilled workers. Of course, we started as a platform of four languages for refugees in 2016 when the quote-unquote refugee crisis was happening in Germany, um, we started with um, Farsi, Daddy, Arabic, English, and German, and then expanded, added Pashto, Turkish, French, and recently Russian. We're not only talking about how to find a flat or where to get your residence permit, it's also about the spirit of the society. We also talk about what are your fundamental rights, women's rights, labor rights, LGBTQI rights. So it's not just basic information to get by. It's about how to have a social life, feel empowered and feel settled in your host country. And you know a little something about feeling settled in a new country. You moved to Germany in 2011. Was your experience moving to Germany part of what inspired you to work with Handbook Germany? Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, when it, it could be uh, such a disorientating experience. When I came here, that was like a whole new challenge of um, adjusting and learning how things work uh, from minute things in my everyday life to bigger challenges. It's a huge uh, adjustments. Um, and I, you know, the interesting thing is our whole team has that experience. And I think not only this is my motivation, partly, um, and why I like working with this team, the rest of our team also, a good number of us have, are, are actually um, journalists in exile. So they have gone through this whole experience and they come from the communities. For instance, our um, Arabic editor comes from Syria or our Pashto editor, our Farsi editor both come from Afghanistan. These are the languages which are spoken in Afghanistan. So we come from the community. Most of us have the experience of journalists in exile and we've adjusted to life in Germany. And that's exactly why we feel like we know where people need to know more, need more support, need more empowerment, need to learn more about their rights and how they can find themselves in, in, a, in a basically new land. 
That's interesting that you brought that up because I was wondering about that. The Handbook Germany team seems to be extremely diverse, as you said, from so many different backgrounds and cultures. You yourself, um, you speak at least three languages. In what ways does Handbook Germany benefit from having such a mix of cultures? Oh, okay. the benefits are huge. First of all, it's, it's, a, it's such a pleasure to work with such a team. You know, you learn things every day, but that's, that's personal. That's for me. I really enjoy it. And then when you have this mix of people from different backgrounds, they come from different cultures, different know-hows, and you put these together and and the, the solutions that you come up with like the level of creativity somehow surprises myself still after a few years of working you know and the flexibility that that these people have the knowledge they have from their own communities uh, from the countries that um, they were born and then they come here as a migrant they're from a migrant community you put all these together and the perspective, the, the creative perspective that the difference being from different cultures gives to these people, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's a great mix. Handbook Germany has several editors on staff. Can you tell me a little bit about how the organization's managed, set up, and financed? We started with four editors, and then eventually the project has grown bigger. Uh, we are partly financed by the Federal um, Commissioner for Migration, Refugees, and Integration. We have these meetings. We talk about daily issues that occur. Um, right now, again, it's a, a lot of it is about Corona because we had this well-established relationship with the communities before the whole crisis with Corona comes up. So we had to quickly uh, adjust and add a lot of new contents to reach these people at times of crisis, right? A number of them live in refugee camps. And I mean, there's a big difference of uh, sitting there waiting for camp managers to, for example, come and tell you how things are gonna work. Uh, then being able to go online, inform yourself, know what's going on. I mean, there's a whole different sensation in these insecure times. We have our editorial meetings, I would say. <laughs> a lot of it has to do with Corona, but generally speaking, we come up with different formats uh, depending on the information we want to communicate. And editors have, of course, from verified uh, sources, mainly government sources. And then we modify it based on the needs of the community. For example, if there's this information there, which it has a lot of details and it's full of jargon, for example, we don't put it out there as text and expect people to read like, you know, 10 pages of PDF. What we do is that um, each editor in their respective languages, we go in front of camera, for example, and explain this is what this whole story is about. This is an easier way of getting to people. In, in some languages, even, for example, in Pashto, the level of literacy is not as high. We, can't, we don't really count on text to get the information over. We, we work multimedia to get to our audiences. You mentioned going to migrant camps, but 
Is that one of the ways that people find out about Handbook Germany? How are you reaching your audience? How do they know to even read about Handbook Germany? Since 2016, when we started, we've tried so many different things. Um, we had different events, for example. We went personally to events which were organized for or with refugees. Uh, we ourselves kind of come from the communities. People we are talking about are people from our own community, you know. Uh, and this applies also to other editors. So there's this direct link. Um, and and a, a, lot of, a lot of people with follow Handbook Germany are people I personally know in Berlin and the rest of our team know in Berlin. But of course, apart from that, we uh, promote our whatever that's produced online. There are like the usual techniques. We are mentioned uh, on the website of the, um, commis the Federal Commissioner for Integration and Migration as a source of information for refugees, uh, migrants uh, who, who are looking for information. So we are now part of this campaign, information campaign. Well, let's, let's talk about the COVID-19 pandemic. It's created a new set of challenges for the migrant communities. I know that the German Ministry of Interior has a dedicated COVID website for migrants with information in 20 languages. And a lot of countries have done something similar. How does Handbook Germany's COVID communications differ from the Ministry of Interior's communications? It all comes down to our, the network that was already well established and existing before Corona happens. Of course, the website is great and they're trying to get more and more people, but this is not easy. We already had a network on Facebook, about 240,000 followers. This is the number of our followers on Facebook. So there was something already, and this is a double-sided communication. You know, we get questions. People get to write comments, write, send their questions, um, ask about their own specific problems. Um, so when, when you already have that, the, the communication, the, and we have faces, it's not just text. We have editors. For example, people who write in Farsi, write directly to our colleague Sharmila, you know, so they, they know this person, they trust this person. This other time, not before Corona, this other time that they had a problem with their child's school, they asked Sharmila and Sharmila helped them, for example, with the problems. They come back, you know what I mean? So this is the difference when, when a network of trust is already there. Do you have any examples of the communications you did around the COVID-19 pandemic? Maybe what worked, what didn't work? Our formats are constantly developing. We had to be, we had to work very flexibly when, when COVID happened. We had to be very quick. For example, when uh, one of the best things that actually worked was the fact that there were these uh, big summits, uh, Corona summits, in which um, Chancellor Merkel and 16 um, premiers of the states came together and had these very long discussions to agree on the rules and regulations in Germany. And sometimes these uh, meetings would end at midnight. We could 
immediately or shortly after these meetings, our editors would go live, you know, without, because they have this journalistic experience, they can stand there and say like, wow, yes, the long meeting is finally over. This is the result. And this is what it means for us who are living in Germany. This was one of the most efficient um, formats that, that one, one of the channels of communication that we have. And of course, we had for shorter information that we needed to grab the attention, people's attention. We did this info cards, we call them info cards, you know, visually attractive cards where you can see the basic information, the most important information. We want as many people as possible to see this. So we use these. But, but then there were other ways right now rapid tests are happening in the pharmacies in Germany. So our main video producer, video editor, took the camera and went to a pharmacy and talked to a pharmacist and a person who was there and wanted to take the test to, to show people how it's done and what the problems are. And, you know, so there are plenty of formats that, that we use and which gets better every day. It sounds like social media is uh, the biggest way that you reach out to your audience. Why is it so important for Handbook Germany to have an interactive community with its audience? And how, do, how are you keeping them engaged? It's very important because we don't want to sit up there and tell people how things are done. We are from the community and we need to know what's going on what the problems are, what the, you know, what the main issues are. Um, so this close connection is very important for us. And it's part of the reason people, I think, um, have been showing us trust is that they can ask us their questions. They can, you know, and then they, they get reply. And then you see that actually, you know, they, they ask for solutions. They, they, they used your help, they find your help useful. They come back and you see that the help was used in a way, you know, to so find this information. Yeah, maybe this is possible if the person is uh, fluent in German, can sit and read pages after pages, that it is possible. But here it's, it's, do, it's done in a, in a way more personal and, you know, quick way, I think. You've mentioned before that there are a lot of journalists on the Handbook Germany staff. Do you think that that plays a role in how your audience interacts with you, why they trust you so much? Yeah, in a sense, yes. And as journalists, you're kind of used to um, go to community to, uh, to, you know, get in touch with the community rather than, you know, it's a little different than researchers. Researchers sometimes sit in, in their offices and read texts, right? As a journalist, you have to get there and ask people questions. Like, tell me what your problem is. Tell me what the main issues are. Tell us how we can do things better to fit what, what we are doing, to tailor the content exactly to your needs. So, yes, I think a lot of this trust has to do with, I mean, being a journalist means you get out there. And getting out there means you meet real people. You answer their actual questions. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Maris. Sure, it was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. It was a great discussion. 
If you'd like to read more about Handbook Germany, go to their website at handbookgermany.de. For more information on the OECD's work on communications and migrant integration, go to oecd.org slash migration slash netcom. Thank you for listening. To listen to other OECD podcasts, find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and soundcloud.com slash OECD.